So now you uh, you started in Minnesota, and you I live did. in San Diego now. I do. I've lived here for t about a decade now. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I, I didn't detect like a real heavy Minnesota accent. I've known a few people from Minnesota, and uh, oh, I I I want to say my first reaction was to say thank you. Uh, but it's kind of like more like thank you for not laughing. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, I detected just a, a shade. Have you worked at not sounding Minnesota or Minnesota? I, I did work at sounding not Minnesota after I moved to San Diego because sometimes people would burst out laughing and saying, Oh, you're like from the movie Fargo. Right, right. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. So, uh, yeah. So I tried to tone it down a little bit, maybe too much for the TV show, because really, you know, we say that we're from Minnesota and just moved to La Jolla, but oh, well. Yeah. So mm -hmm. Fargo, was that Frances McDermott Fargo? Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. She's one of my favorite actresses. I love her. Mm -hmm. Oh, yes. Yeah. yeah. You know, was she actually pregnant while filming that? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. That was the whole thing. You know, her, her, yeah. her. A husband was like a stay-at-home husband. It was like mm -hmm. taking care of her and you know, yeah. making her coffee in the morning. I, I kind of love the way she slept with that guy while she was on the trip, as a like you know, as a favor. Kind of like we're so polite in Minnesota. <laughs> yeah, so I gotta do it. <laughs> Sorry, I know that went into uh, uh, Swedish Chef there. Right, right. I was thinking <laughs> of Muppets. Yeah, yeah, with the big bushy guy brows. Yeah. The Swedish Chef. The Swedish Chef. Yeah. Well, that's my favorite Muppet character. So you know, him and Animal. Between it's between him and Animal. Now, do you, uh, do you know Jesse the Body Ventura? Oh yes, absolutely. Yeah, yeah you can't be Minnesotan without a Jesse Ventura. Right, mm -hmm. the governor, the governor of the state. Yeah. And yeah, he was one of our better ones too. Who? Yeah. Well, what's he? Does he? He's not in office anymore, right? I mean, it's been no, 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 quite a while. But yeah, he had that show where he was like debunking uh, a different, uh, or no, he's like kind of stoking the fires of different um, conspiracy theories and stuff. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I like yeah, big personality, big wrestling. Mm -hmm. But here's Aaron. Aaron. He was a libertarian, right? Yeah. Hello, yeah. Aaron. Hello. I'm Shelley. Hi, Shelley. Nice to meet you. Very nice to meet you, too. I uh, caught four episodes of the Smartleys. I enjoyed them. Oh, wonderful. Yeah. And that's, uh, I guess I'm halfway through. Right. So, yeah, you almost got to Mars. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> there's a there's spoiler a alert. Yeah. <laughs> Mars is the fifth episode. That's the name of it. So there's not too much of a spoiler alert. Okay. Well, we just slide. So we're talking to Shelly Smartly of the Smartleys, um, which can be seen on Tubi and Plex. And I'm assuming on some other streaming services by now, right? So oh, absolutely. Yeah. We're also on Pizzazz TV and Memento TV, and it, we're available for rent on Exposure Plus TV. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, cool. So Aaron's seen the first two. I saw Lisa and I watched the first four. Two, or four. Yeah. And then I listened to three and four to, 
on the because uh, you offer it as a podcast as well. So I, Except, I talk- no, the audio track is a podcast. Yes. Right. Uh, the podcast is the same as the show. Just exactly. The okay. Yeah. I I was going to download the podcast as well, but if it's the same as the show, I won't need to, I suppose. Well, right. what's interesting is I think everybody experiences it differently. We actually have some people that who prefer be. the podcast. Uh, but what you miss in the podcast is you don't see the stalker and you don't see the yeah. kid. You don't oh, see the stalker so much fun. La Jolla views. Yeah. The stalkers. He's, yeah. he's one of my favorite parts for sure. Right. <laughs> yeah. Like he looks like he might have followed you down from uh, Minnesota down to uh, uh, San Diego or something. It's like he came he came uh, from a fair distance. It seems like, but, but yeah, it's funny to see him camping out there in the, in the background. Like yeah, Eric or talking, looking in the to hide behind things. You know, initially I thought that was like a picture above the fireplace, and then all of a sudden, some guys looking in the window. <laughs> 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 right. I absolutely love him. He's played by uh, Jim Winkler, who uh, was a San Diego stand-up comedian, and now he's moved up to Nevada. But thankfully, because of the way we do the show, he's able to still be in the show. And I, I absolutely, he's the best stalker a, a person could ever have. <laughs> and, and he's very benign, and he has his own motivations. And as the show goes on, you'll uh, learn what's gone on and, and why he's stalking me. He's actually stalking me to help keep our marriage together. Mm. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, he was Aww. hired as an anti-wedding planner by my mother. And <laughs> by giving Eric some competition for my affections, it kind of keeps uh, both rows in, in uh, the water for Eric. So that, that's how you keep it going for 50 years. Because, you know, in the show, the next day is always our 50th anniversary. Right. And it's kind of hard to keep that spice and that spark going for 50 years, let me tell you. Well, it's not you quite 50 years. We're now. <laughs> what? You're always, you're always a day away from 50. We've, oh, we've been married. Not, you're not we'll quite be 29 50. years in January. How many? Sorry, Garen. Uh, we'll be 29 years in January. Oh, that's wonderful. That's wonderful. You're over halfway there to a 50th anniversary. Yeah. Right, right. We'll get there, I'm sure. Yeah, we'll get there. It's like the it's like the guy with the dollar bill in the commercial that's like dangling the dollar bill. Oh my god. <laughs> oh my god it. We have reached the, yeah, we're not getting naked in front of anybody else stage. Although <laughs> Well, never mind. There's a story. There's a story I'll keep it to myself. <laughs> Just yesterday, the guy mm-hmm. came over. She was oh. doing the wonderful. I was wearing swim trunks and a sports bra. Right. I've worn less than that at the pool. Right. Well, no, yeah, but I was fully dressed. Technically, it was yeah, it was shorts kind of, and a tank top. She was getting fitted for some medical equipment, mm-hmm. and this young man came over. Yeah. Anyway, anyway. Mm-hmm. Um. So the the stalker. So where did the idea of the stalker? come from i mean it was just it's just so it's kind of random it's kind of wild and crazy i so, love the absurdity of the whole thing yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> thank you uh he's there for a reason though uh in my like past life i was founder and president of an international nonprofit agency for a very serious illness and three weeks into that career i acquired a stalker and uh that went on for uh quite a few years 
And so from that experience, once I finally like, you kind of get over the PTSD of the whole thing, I was like, I need revenge. <laughs> and I needed revenge by bringing a stalker into the show and sort of making him benign. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Taking a yeah. situation. Own it. Yeah. Taking the bad situation of your life and turning it into something funny. And actually uh, provide some education about stalking along the way, too. Uh, we do in future seasons. Interesting. Good. So there's more There's more there than just the gag. Then. Yes, there yeah. is. Yes, there will but, be future but very seasons. And, and very humorously the whole time. Right. <laughs> do you have future seasons? We do. We have eight seasons planned for the Smartleys. Oh. We're 70% done with season two right now of the production. And um, I'm a third of the way done with writing season three. Are you so sticking with the same production style? Like uh, that was like lockdown production, right? It was. It was lockdown production. And we're keeping it that way because cool. I have extremely severe uh, autoimmune disease and with the various levels of COVID and other illnesses going around, we figured that it was uh, safest for our entire team yeah. to continue it, to produce this a, in lockdown status. Gives it a Pee Wee's Playhouse kind of vibe somehow. You know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, because the majority of our actors have never even met each other. Mm -hmm. mm. Wow, that's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. That, well, that's actually true on a lot of movies, though. Yeah. You know, not so much TV shows, but on movies. Mm -hmm. A lot of times actors will say, I never met him. We're in a movie right. and I didn't meet him. Yeah, they shot at different times or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Not too uncommon. I think that might have been true of uh, Margot Robbie and Brad Pitt in uh, um, Babylon? No. No, that, not Once the movie you ever seen. Time in Hollywood. Yeah. yeah. It could be, yeah. Because I don't know if there were any scenes with her and Brad Pitt. I know there was a scene with her and... Uh, uh, I think there was when they went to uh, Spawn Ranch. Name? Oh, no. no. Margot Robbie was never at Spawn Ranch. No. Not her Her character wasn't. No. Well, you know the uh -uh. show wasn't actually Spawn Ranch, I guess, but... Well... Whatever they called it, yeah. Right, right. Another another uh, mm -hmm. old TV show comes just came to mind, too, that the Smartleys seems to remind me of a little bit. Uh, Mary Hartman, Mary Hartman, mm -hmm. just kind of, the, yeah, kind of the uh, mm -hmm. bizarre, yeah, nature of it. I'm so happy that you said that because I absolutely adored Mary Hartman, Mary Hartman, and I thought it was very unique among shows. Yeah, uh, the subsequent thing to that was soap, mm -hmm. and so some people, you know, referred to us as, you know, we're, we're sort of like soap. You know, it was like the nearest show that they could relate us to being. Mm -hmm. and, uh, but I really love the essence of the Mary Hartman, Mary Hartman, and Louise Lasser was just out of this world. Yeah, I was, absolutely. I was absolutely like, I, I was really, really little when she like got into the actual dollhouse. Remember when she like got into the dollhouse and was like, and I was like, that, that was so bizarre. You know, the behavior was so bizarre. Mm -hmm. Just. It was, you know, it just freaked me out when I was like, drowning a bowl of soup on that the show. Drowning, yeah, exactly. Drowning in the bowl of chicken noodle soup. Oh my god, I thought that was one of the. Uh, and I mean, it's impossible to trump that. You know? yeah. yeah, yeah. And and Bert was Bert mm -hmm. on the <laughs> on uh, on the other show you mentioned. Soap, soap was a comic oh, yeah. genius. Mm -hmm. And uh, the Richard one, Mulligan, yeah, Richard Mulligan, yeah. Mm -hmm. and of course. 
who was it? Who was the redheaded lady? The other oh, one, uh, Jessica. 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 Yeah. She played Jessica. I uh, uh, no, the character is Jessica Tate. Yeah, she was amazing too. She's uh, yeah, who's the boss lady too? Mm -hmm. Right, she was Mona. Yeah, she's really good. Well, well, she's what is her Catherine Helmond? Catherine, yeah. Yes. Oh, thank you. So many. We can go down the line, but we're talking about the Smartleys here, not mm -hmm. Stoke. So you can also <laughs> see like talking about Tracy. talking about but, what what we perceive as influences on the Smartleys. That's true. Right. And uh, George and Gracie were actually, it's funny that you mentioned them because they were the inspiration for the Smartleys. Oh, okay. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. I just, oh, I'm sorry. I just kind of see it as George and Gracie off their Ritalin. <laughs> <laughs> or on it, depending on the situation and the, and the episode. Yeah. So do you actually live uh, in San Diego? Diego or La Jolla, that area? Yeah, actually, okay. yeah. Uh, well, the show is based in La Jolla uh, on 1200 Coast Highway in an imaginary uh, place called Smartlyville. Smartlyville. And, yeah, well, of course, it has to be, right? right. And but we actually live in uh, Old Lucadia, okay. uh, which is a little north of San Diego. It's yeah. on the coast. I'm one, two, three counties away from you. I'm in Ventura County, Thousand Oaks. Oh, how wonderful. But you can come down and visit us anytime, Aaron. Yeah. One of these days, I'll get down that way. <laughs> yeah, come and take a grand tour of the studios. Yeah. He likes to hike a lot. Well, if anything, doesn't San Diego have even more canyons and even more uh, rocky environment than... Uh, uh, I don't know. Not, not, not so much. Maybe if you go to East County. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. I've always heard it's like... You know, a lot of people I've talked to said it's like paradise. Like that is the jewel of California, San Diego. I don't know. Uh, absolutely. I, I don't, I can't even yeah. envision a more beautiful, wonderful place to live. And the weather is absolutely insanely gorgeous. And especially for somebody from Minnesota, you can't even imagine what it's like uh, yeah. to move to a land where it's all, you know, where it rains sunshine. Right. Mm -hmm. Especially this time of year. It's going to be like minus zero on Friday. <laughs> but uh oh, thank goodness I work from home. <laughs> <laughs> you need to come out and visit us in San Diego. Yeah. yeah. Look what the puppy got for. me. Yeah, I got us some clothes today. Um, okay. Well, uh, why don't. Why don't, you know, we talked a little bit about the show, but why don't you give us just a little bit of a synopsis <laughs> that will either for people that are listening to go out and, you know, and listen to the whole mm -hmm. uh, show, the whole podcast or the, mm -hmm. at least a setup or an elevator pitch. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, the Smartleys, we are king and queen of the Minnesota Renaissance Fair. And we win $300 million. And by our son's luxury beachfront complex in San Diego, where our entire family lives on the shores of La Jolla Cove. And they all, everybody conspires to try to part us from our money by hook or by crook. And so uh, every episode has somebody trying to do us in. Uh, and also, I know that Eric has an identical twin brother, Preston, who lives in our building. 
and um, Preston wants to have a marriage made in heaven, just like ours. And so I figured that the only way for him to get a marriage made in heaven is for him to be dead. You, you can't have that down here on earth, right? And so every day I send Eric out to try to kill his brother. <laughs> Meanwhile, of course, his brother is trying to kill us. And so it's a kind of a melodramatic a farce. <laughs> and it, it's a circle that keeps on spinning around. And we're frozen in time so that uh, every day throughout the entire eight seasons, our 50th anniversary is the next day. Yeah. Well, it's got kind of a Shakespearean uh, angle to it also when you think about it. You know, mm -hmm. plotting for murder and all that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, um, so you mentioned, is it Patterson, the brother of Eric? Oh, uh, Eric's brother is, uh, Preston. 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 And that's, yeah. And, and he's a former golf pro. He's a greedy, narcissistic, sociopathic, histrionic, former golf pro. And, uh, Eric's supposedly twin brother. They're both convinced that they're identical twins. Although, as you'll see, they're entirely different. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So he's kind of like Jack Nicholas or mm -hmm. somebody, obviously. Tiger Woods. Wow. <laughs> Narcissistic. <laughs> you know. Narcissistic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. so, but yeah, I mean, it's... Uh, I don't think he was as successful as Jack Nicholas or Tiger Woods, but yeah, he is a former golf pro. At this point. Well, who was, <laughs> exactly. who was uh, Happy Gilmore's nemesis? Maybe he was more like that. Oh. Shooter, Mc Shooter McGavin? McGavin. Yeah. <laughs> but, but you mentioned it had like I, we experienced it two different ways in in the in the podcast mm -hmm. definitely to me I, I hate to I hate to say that I was more engaged listening just listening to it but it it did harken back to like the old radio days and I was thinking of like uh the, do you remember the big even though you all got along so well uh mm -hmm. it still kind of remind me of like the Bickersons the pace you know or yeah. Uh, the honeymooners, I guess, or mm -hmm. pretty high density of jokes. It seems like a lot of jokes in the in a yeah, that's a lot of writing period of time. Right, you know, like Thirty Rock kind of did that too. They'd have you know joke Rapid joke fire. joke. It's, it's like wow, that's that's a lot to take in. You just got to sit back and think about what you just saw and laugh. You are, about you it. are yeah, you're not going to get them the first time around. You're not going to yeah. get them first time around because there are layers and layers and layers yeah. uh, and there's buildups in uh, the first episode for jokes that take place in the eighth episode uh, oh, and wow. <laughs> continuing on you know we've even planted things in the first episode for the very last episode so yeah so I love callback yeah. jokes and, and things yeah. that make sense as you go along yeah. Uh, and to kind of keep us all on our toes, there's some jokes in in the show actually that I didn't even get when I wrote them, and then <laughs> I wake up at three o'clock in the morning going, "Oh my god, that's hilarious!" <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't even know it was there. And these sort yeah. of like a boomerang jokes. You know? Another level on another Just level. Just another level, yeah. Yeah, they've even snuck in past me. And, it's kind uh, of a collaborative effort, but are, would you say that? You know, you know the entirety of the series right now. You know how it's going. You know how the last episode is going to end, right? Yes. Do you feel like that's a helpful in as far as uh, doing dialogue and driving the story along? I mean, um, knowing that you know, you ultimately know 
what the, what you know what it's going to be like at the end i mean how does that affect your creativity moving I forward think, yeah i think it's absolutely essential and i don't know how other tv producers even manage uh to do shows without knowing where the beginning the middle and the end of their story is mm-hmm. and i think that we've really cut an awful lot of productivity off right at the pass uh in recent years maybe even recent decades by not giving the creators uh, the platform that they need to really tell their story. When you're cutting a show off after the first or second episode, you haven't even scratched the scratch of what's going to go on or or could come out of that creator. Characters Uh, haven't developed at all yet. Yeah, The characters aren't even developed. And so it really helped me to know this is where I need to get the characters to by the end of the 64th show. And you you can see that the show moves along at a very rapid pace because we have a lot of ground to cover and a lot of character <laughs> development to go on to keep the funny coming. It's brisk. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is. And that's one of the reasons it's galloping is because it knows where the end is and it has mm-hmm. to get there. Uh, as opposed to a show where it was just open-ended and maybe we were writing just one episode as a t- at a time until mm-hmm. you get the funding for the next episode and you might be cut off at the third episode. So what should you do with your story? Yeah. Like Larry uh, David's, I don't know if I'll have another season when I get an idea. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, if, you yeah. Have a, if, if you have like that high level view of what's going on, you know, if you have the outline of what's going to happen, what's going to happen, that, that gives you, I guess, more freedom to fill in, you know everything else with color with the with the with the comedy of course and the you know mm-hmm. character development and stuff like that kind of like writing a paper without an outline right or a bit of like writing a paper with an outline yeah. well no but i'm you're using an outline i'm saying it oh, would be yeah. more difficult without the outline yeah without without <laughs> right, yeah, without having the end and yeah. that's what a lot of uh, tv creators are in for they're literally writing without an outline or they have a group of 12 people who are responsible for writing the next episode and everybody has a different idea well i'm only a single creator and i have a single vision where it it is and where it needs to go i don't need to have any fights around the writing table about you know what we can include or not include or where this character should go or not go. So it makes it for a very smooth and very streamlined process. Mm. Uh, Everything really tightly yeah. scripted or do you ever have ad libs or does um, that happen in the writing good room? Question. We're, we're very tightly scripted. Um, Seems like at that pace you'd have to be. <laughs> it, well, it does have to because every word uh, in the show is really a setup. It's either uh, a development of the character or a setup for a joke. And so even the smallest verbal change can really throw off the show. However, we do have a brilliant cast. Half of our cast is uh, stand-up comedians, as you can probably tell. Mm-hmm. And sometimes they have some hilarious ideas, uh, usually for the final punch or a little... Uh, uh, Yeah. And so we do tell them in those cases to go ahead and film uh, what they're inspired to do Mm -hmm. as well as film the actual script. And then Mm -hmm. that way we can make an editing uh, decision later on uh, as long as they know that we love absolutely everything that they do. Uh, Everybody's remote. Yeah. 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 We have the most talented 
cast and I, I just, uh, every one of them are like a Gilligan in their own right, I think. You end up with fewer bloopers without people, if people don't send them to you, right? <laughs> yeah, we don't get the bloopers. Yeah, we don't get the bloopers, but... Uh, <laughs> Oh. I assume that uh, everyone's a Gilligan harkens back to Gilligan's Island. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I have a, a, a story I know about Bob Denver. Uh, his contract was up and he needed to ask for things and he didn't know what to ask for. So he is why later seasons, the song says uh, the professor and Marianne instead of the rest. Oh, yeah. Is the reason they changed the theme song? Yep. He put it into his contract. Huh. I never knew that. I'm not sure they didn't have to pay for his weed, too, which was probably way more expensive <laughs> than changing the song. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> what? Bob Denver smoking weed? <laughs> Shut up, Lisa. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Are, are there any particular characters that you related to in the Smart Lease? Well, I was curious about Eric. Is he Scottish? I assume he's Scottish, right? He is actually. He's in the room with me now. Yes, he is Scottish. He's from uh, Glasgow. Hi, Eric. Oh, okay. Hello, uh, Eric. We love your work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Like he does a great yeah. job. I, um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, of course, your character, you and him together, you seem to have really good chemistry, you know? It's like, mm-hmm. uh, um, and uh, Preston, of course. Um, yeah, the intrigue. It's just. It seems like everybody is scheming. You know, each scene is that people are scheming to to try to take advantage of your situation there with, the, with all that. Mm-hmm. I, I like the older granddaughter. I have the intense feeling that they are going to be showing clips of the Smartleys when she's on some serious show, winning an Oscar. You know. <laughs> oh. She is totally amazing. Um, th- I, uh, our entire cast. Wow. And yeah. one of the songs that she's wrote is called uh, What Will It Take? She's totally her. amazing. You have to look her up. Her name, her real name is Willow Sasha, which is S-E-I-X-A-S, oh. as in at the end. And uh, Just like oh. it sounds. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> And yeah, so we're trying to actually, she's doing progressively more singing in the show, mm-hmm. uh, especially in season two. And then in season three, she gets, uh, her character gets developed even more. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're trying to catch up to her yeah. uh, in the show, you know, and give mm-hmm. some justification for how she suddenly became such an astounding singer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Oh. And take advantage of the singing while you can, too. Right. Oh, yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, why don't you mention that she, uh, she she won an award. Why don't you brag a little bit? Because I know that the show has received a lot of uh, Kudos. accolades and awards. We uh, have. Within, we, uh, we just came out this year, of course. Um, we were first released, uh, just had a small release on Plex in April. And then in August, we came out on Tubi. And in the meantime, we've won over a dozen international film awards, mostly for comedy. Uh, One of the film awards, we won the entire, the whole enchilada. We were at the top of the Yeah. Uh, And 
Was that like a film festival? A film festival, yes. So did did it show all eight episodes as a as a feature? No, it only showed the first one. Okay. Uh, it was the first the the so first like episode. Short. Retirement party was the one that won the entire fest. Okay. Which is great because we're comedy and comedy doesn't usually get very much traction in any kind yeah. of uh, film thing because yeah. you know they, they look for more serious avant-garde sort of things and we're really oh, what I'm avant-garde. <laughs> oh, thank you. I wanted to bring that classic comedy, uh, what, but with a smartly twist. So I wanted the yeah. really hard hitting, uh, you know, where they really focused on the writing, like back with the George Burns and Gracie Allen. Mm -hmm. They spent 10 years in vaudeville. They really knew how to entertain before they were entertaining on TV. Yeah. And, yeah. So I wanted the really strong writing, um, but I wanted it to be fast enough for today's limited attention spans. It is. Yeah. Works and for me. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. So it's a hard thing to balance, but we have like uh, 20 scenes in every episode of 20 minutes. Mm -hmm. So we really, they, we don't, we try to not give people any opportunity to be bored. Yeah. Uh, but it's also not the kind of show that you can just sit back and casually watch with, you know, well, you're playing your game. Right. Yeah, yeah, you're gonna miss it. I mean, you can yeah. still enjoy it uh, if you only catch one or two of the humorous situations. But if you really want to get it, you really need to like yeah. almost it. watch it and listen to it. You catch right. more of it listening to it, I think. Honestly, I could have used another commercial break for my eyeballs to take a rest at one point. Yeah. Well, that's where the podcast comes in. <laughs> that's what I was about to say. The podcast is really, you know, becomes highly recommended. Also. Mm -hmm. You Thank know, you. You know, you might. I, I would venture to say you might watch an episode mm -hmm. one night, and then the next day you turn on the podcast and listen to it again, and you capture some stuff that you're kind of your eyes get mesmerized by things while you're watching the show. That the, I think I'd do it the other way around. I'd listen yeah. and then I'd go back and watch. Me too. Okay. And then you get to see the then you get to see the stalker. And it's like two different. Know, you, already know, you already heard the words. Right. So it's, it's not as important if you if you miss it the second time and you can pay attention to the visuals. Yeah, because there's a lot going on. And me, yeah. I'm I'm like, you know, as my mom said, easily distracted by bright, shiny objects. <laughs> oh, uh, we just spoke to someone the other day who said he has a tendency to squirrel. <laughs> right. and I yeah. love that. Yeah. I'm going to use that from now on. She's I have a tendency to squirrel. <laughs> it's one of the reasons why I don't right. drive. I can see me now going squirrel, boom. Yeah, <laughs> yeah who, uh, who was that? Mm -hmm. that? That was our uh, writer from Seattle. Mm -hmm. It was um, Dylan Quarles. Dylan yeah. Quarles. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he used that term. Yeah. But he was pretty, pretty was, good with words. Mm -hmm. It was in his book, too. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, he's Take not a just a writer. He's a publisher. He's a, uh, done some filmmaking. He's a busy boy. Let's go ahead and put our break in here. Oh, they can probably hear everything. I know Philip can. Oh, uh, only live at 750 square feet. I heard Eric speaking, but I couldn't make it. <laughs> yeah. He, he was saying that we should point out that the podcast has something the TV show doesn't. And that is after the uh, eight episodes, we go into 
interviews by the cast members talking about behind the scenes. Oh, yeah. Okay. That's interesting. That's I always like that. That's you don't get in the TV version of it. Yeah. Okay. I always used to love those uh, features they would make about the making of the films, you know, like Indiana Jones and Star mm -hmm. Wars. And yeah. things, you'd, extras you'd get on DVDs and stuff that you, you really don't see as much anymore, you know. Mm -hmm. Have you considered in future seasons doing a uh, ninth episode, sort of a past, uh, you know, like a Zoom meeting almost with the whole cast? Oh, that would be a really fun thing. I'll tell the cast that you thought of that. Yeah, that would be fun. Mm -hmm. yeah. Um, yeah. I work at home, so I've gotten to the point where meetings are uh, are actually not as much of a chore because I'm speaking to other humans. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so Eric's from Glasgow, huh? Mm -hmm. I'd have to say I've never met anyone from Glasgow. Mm -mm. Uh, but um so what is it soccer fa i mean how, how long has he been here there he is there he <laughs> isn't he fabulous yeah uh, absolutely photo bombing, photo hey. bombing from yeah. Glasgow. zoom bombing the uh podcast here <laughs> so, so what's uh there's, there's a fun story about eric and that yeah. is that um where uh, he I had, when I came up with the idea for the Smartleys, within 30 days, we had done our first sizzle clip. Wow. And, yeah, I know. And then six months later, we produced our first pilot, which was on stage in front of a live audience in a senior center. Mm -hmm. And uh, the next month uh, was when I met Eric. Okay. And so, although we played the long married couple in the show for 50 years, we were actually just boyfriend and girlfriend. When I met him, uh, I had thought, oh, my God, he could be a comedic genius. He is just marvelous, you know. Yeah. And, and he said, don't look at me. I am not an actor. I am not a comedian. I'm really proud to support you and your efforts as a stand-up comedian and as an actress yeah. Uh, but do not look at me. I am not comfortable in front of the camera. This is never happening. Okay. And so I'm like, oh, okay, George. <laughs> yeah. uh, but then when the pandemic hit, we could no longer produce on a stage in front of a live audience in a senior center. And I had to throw out everything that we had done and start all over again. And at that point, I looked to Eric and I said, you know, hey, I can't perform with anybody else in, in lockdown. Could you please try? And he cut a couple of tapes with me and and he was He's a hit. Natural. He's yeah. total natural from the get-go. Yeah, the awesome. very first tape that we uh, produced. Say thank you, Eric. Wait a minute, are we hey, live? We're live. We're not, oh. we're not live. We're, we're actually we're live to, not live. We're live yeah. I can tell you the truth. No, 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 so, no, you can't. Can, can. Yeah. No, because... Uh, he can, Phil can edit any of this out. Yeah, no, yeah. It's okay. not, it's not streaming live. Start, start editing film. I no. said, I'm not a comedian. I'm not an actor. And you know what she said? I'm the writer. 
I can write the part for a Scottish asshole. So you just pay it, play yourself. <laughs> <laughs> yourself. <laughs> You're a natural. That's exactly what I did. It comes <laughs> right through. <laughs> so he doesn't have to act at all. That is Eric, if you can believe it. When you watch the show, that's that's Eric. Yeah. Yeah. So unfortunately, that's me too. Right in the strengths. You guys are really good at it. But that reminds me, you're you got a background in comedy, right? As stand up comedy, right? I became a stand up comedian at age sixty nine. Wow! Wow! As a sixty nine year old arthritic widow, I took to the stand up comedy stage for the very first time. That's amazing. In Minnesota or California? I did that in California. <laughs> uh, and the important part of that is, I never would have done that in Minnesota. Uh-huh. Because you know, icy roads and snow and late at night and cold yeah, and things true. like that just don't I don't get along with any of that. But mm-hmm. I was able to do that because of living in San Diego where it's always gorgeous weather every day. Yeah. Are you a night owl? It's, it seems like a late night kind of a gig. Comedy is very much of a late night kind of thing. Uh and I'm not a late night type of person. Mm-hmm. But you know, you do what you have to. Yeah. And uh, what happened to me was when my late husband passed away after having had a lung transplant and then leukemia, mm-hmm. it was very serious. And I'm like, I need to laugh. I have to laugh again. Yeah. And two weeks after he uh, passed away, I started going to stand up comedy shows and I absolutely fell in love with it. I started going to stand up comedy shows almost every single night of the week. And I did that for four years before I actually took to the stage myself. So you studied comedy in depth. It's like accidentally. She absorbed it. Yeah. I just absorbed it. Every fiber of my being. I fell in love with every single stand-up comedian in San Diego and beyond. Uh, And I don't, don't think that comedy is one of the very few arts. It is only it's, it's a live art. And if you haven't seen stand-up comedy in person, you have not seen stand-up comedy. I don't care if you watch the videotapes of the best comedians in the world. If you haven't been in a live audience laughing with them, yeah. well, you, you, know, haven't, you haven't. You're such a nice lady. You got you know such a, a kind uh, face. Do you ever get heckled? <laughs> Do you ever have to deal with an unruly audience or somebody that was giving you a hard time? I, uh, you know, that's been like I've the been heckled once, but, follow but, up. but Did this you goes work by the, the definition of heckle. Okay. And heckle is any interruption in a set by a stand-up comedian. Yeah. Uh, because although we try to make it look like it's all off the cuff and happening in the moment and things like that, it's really extremely rehearsed. Yeah. Uh, even Robin Williams, he was extremely rehearsed. He knew every single word that was going to come out of his mouth long before it ever did. And so any interruption in a set by the audience, even if it's a positive comment, can really throw the comedian off. They can forget where they were, what joke they were on, you know, uh, right. and it can throw off the tempo of the entire show. Well, in my very first um uh, live real show where I was, you know, like paid to be a stand-up comedian. Mm-hmm. Uh, I started off by saying something that I was a uh, 69 years old. I was 69 years old and, and a guy from the back yelled out, looking pretty good. <laughs> 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 well, that's the worst thing. Yeah. 
worst tackle that I've had. That threw you off a little bit. Had to recover. <laughs> no, I, I was able to take that one in stride. I mean, who couldn't when you're 69 years old and somebody yeah. says you're pretty good? I mean, like, yeah, well, that's where you want to be. Mm-hmm. Reminds me did heckle. That reminds me of an SNL skit where the lady keeps going, I'm 50 years old. 50, 50 years old. I'm 50. And she'd do like a somersault or something. Correct. We, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we saw uh, Bill Burr recently at mm-hmm. uh, a huge venue for a comedian. It mm-hmm. was, uh, you know, Riverfront Coliseum. Um, but he uh, he was in the middle of his act, and there's somebody over to the side of the stage that said something just audible enough for him to hear it. And he he said, "What? I can't hear you." You know. And then the guy repeated it a little bit louder. He still couldn't hear him. Finally, he just said, "Forget you. I'm done." You know. And now that what you're saying that it's just what you're talking about. He had to get on with his skit. I'm sure he had to come back if he could have played off of what he actually said. But it, he's like, it's almost like performing a concert where you're doing a you know, set list. And if, mm-hmm. if you got interrupted, it would probably just completely discombobulate you, I guess. Well, and, and they were filming it uh, yeah. for a potential special. You think of a comedian like uh, him, like he's going to take this heckler and he's going to destroy him. Mm-hmm. But he had nothing, you know, it was completely dead air because mm-hmm. he couldn't understand what the guy did. Or maybe he was just pretending. But not he was a little agitated. You could tell he was a little yeah. agitated. Yeah, he was a little agitated. Well, he had said, please don't, you know, please don't interrupt because we're filming this. Right. Right. And, and that is important. And it's very important. From we the took your cell phones and everything. Yeah. 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 They yeah. took our cell phones. Oh, yeah. Put them in special little pouches, gave the pouches to us. Mm hmm. And what I really love about the difference between the TV and, and the stand-up comedy is with TV, you know what the tempo should be, and you can keep it there because you have control over the editing. Uh, yeah. But you don't necessarily have that with a live show. Right. So who was, uh, as you were on the comedy trail, who is a comedian that you would, that you experienced that you thought was just amazing and someone we may not have never heard of? Uh, well, actually, uh, I saw one of the very first performances of Taylor Tomlinson. Uh, if you haven't seen her, look her up. She's absolutely fantastic. Uh, I think I saw her when she was like 19 years old, maybe younger even. Uh, she's on the national circuit now and, and on TV and has had her own show. And also another one I saw one of the very first performances of was Drew Lynch. And I got to tell you, both of them from the get go, right out of the gate were fantastic. And uh, Drew Lynch arrived at the show that I went to. Um, He was hit in the head by a baseball uh, Mm -hmm. when he was maybe about 20. And so it changed the whole course of his life, having a severe stutter as a result of, of that. And um, so, but even with a severe stutter, uh, that, that is no joke, he has become a fantastic and very well-known comedian to this day. Look him up, Drew Lynch, L-Y-N-C-H. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, on the other hand, mm-hmm. someone, have you shared the stage or preceded someone to, to the stage that we may be very familiar with? Very, um, you know, like... Uh, you know, me personally, it, probably not, mm-hmm. maybe because it's. I did mostly uh, work in San Diego. Yeah, local. Uh, so not too many of them would be uh, national comedians. Um, yeah. 
but um, yeah. So yeah, I, so I, I'm not very good at name dropping. I guess we'll have to put on on my resume fails at name dropping. Fails to name drop. Yeah. yeah. Did you become hey, part of that? Name. You dropped some names. Thank Marin you. Marin talks to Drew about and uh, Drew. What was Drew's last name? Drew Lynch. And Drew Lynch. Tomlinson. Right. And Taylor uh, Thompson. Yes. But Marin would talk about how these comedians at the end of shows that they started becoming like it was like a fraternity. Him and like Rogan and. Uh, different, you know, Louis C.K. and guys that were contemporaries of his. Did it? Did it get to be that way? Were you seeing the same um, comedians? Uh, the comedy uh, yeah. specifically. Uh, the, yeah. the, the comedy circuit is actually a lot smaller than you think it is. The whole community is a lot smaller and yeah. very, very close. Uh, and I, I'm in thoroughly in love with every stand-up comedian in San Diego. Yeah. Uh, I just. So admire the, the the raw guts that it takes to get up on a stage and to try to make people laugh. Whether the people laugh or not is beside the point. That person tried. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. it's one of the most courageous things you can do. I think. Yeah, it's not. I haven't had the guts to do it. Probably yet. not physically dangerous, but, but, yet. but but you know, unless you're uh, Chris Rock, I guess. But mm-hmm. um, <laughs> but yeah, um. So that, that's always fascinates me. The uh, you know the culture, mm-hmm. the comedy culture. The, the comedy store documentary was really good and mm-hmm. kind of depicted. One last question about comedy: anybody okay. ever steal your your act, or anybody ever steal any part of your act? And you're sitting there and you're watching it and you're like, uh, I don't think so. I would certainly expect many of them to pick up on different bits of the Smartleys and try to steal it and. Uh, but I am not, I was never concerned about that because I know a lot of comedians, they have one set and they develop it very slowly over very many years. And that's their headlining set. And they repeat that every night of the week. Mm -hmm. Uh, but I am such a prolific writer that it was really hard for me to stick with one set. I always had ideas for, you know, a a better joke and a better better set, a better thing. And that was what, actually helped draw me into doing the tv series because i had so many ideas that it was too confining to stick with one set and so it's glorious being able to work with the smartleys and such talented actors and and comedians and have them bring that to life is just the most amazing thing you can even imagine yeah is any of your stand-up available anywhere pardon me is any of your stand-up available anywhere no, no, not anymore. Nothing, uh, nothing because on I'm, not, or... I'm not able to do stand up okay. now. Yeah, I know, but uh, any recording? I think there might be a a bad old one. <laughs> You're <laughs> wincing. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> right. but, I I say bad, but it's just bad relative to you know. Uh, I was, I was, you, or, you or audio, you... audio, even. I'm just wondering how similar yeah. your. Um, it's very similar to, the show. to your show. Very similar to the show. Okay. Yeah, because it's my style. So did, did you go out there just kind of in character? Uh, no, no. I went out there as me. I, I didn't have my crazy uh, okay. ponytails on each side. Yeah, nobody talked about my crazy hair. <laughs> you mentioned your um, your immune illness earlier. Yes. And uh, I love your motto. For me personally, I'm going through some health issues. Do what you can see. I really like that. 
Take a step. One step. If that's all you can do, great. You did one step. And if you can't do two steps tomorrow, you can do one step again. We heard we heard you use that uh, quote on a couple different podcasts, and mm-hmm. it resonated with us. You know? Yeah. Oh, that's wonderful. Thank you. Because mm-hmm. yeah, we got a few steps ahead of us right now, so we're <laughs> trying to look not too far ahead. Just take uh, one. Here's one Pony. Pony be on the podcast. <laughs> uh, I, I'm sorry that you have things to adjust to. Yes. What'd you say, Aaron? I said I'm glad you're back home, though. Yeah, yeah. I was in the hospital for a solid month. Oh my goodness gracious! Yeah, I tried to take my knee out. Yeah, she hurt her knee really bad. Yeah, and rehab for knee meets hardwood floor. Not a good solution. So a lot of what uh, you had to say was inspirational, Uh, us, right? Very much so. Yeah, it was very. I like it. What you can see, I'm. I'm hoping that we can. Adjust to the increments and not look, you know, to have things be at the end. Just yeah, don't day. look at the big picture. I mean, I did the entire, um, you know, unless TV you're show. doing it, unless you're doing a TV show, then you have to know the end. Well, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You can know the end that you want. You can have a positive attitude and work towards that end. And if you don't get to the so end, to take a step at a time to get there. You know. Uh, something that someone said once was um, having a child with uh, uh, a handicap is like to them it was like planning a trip to Europe, planning a trip to France, and ending up in Holland. It's still a really nice place. Yeah. Well, just uh, yeah, just different. Lisa says, "Do what you see." To me, she's mm-hmm. talking about the bathroom work that needs to be done in <laughs> the driveway. That's what she sees. That's what she- we would be better. I would be better off if the bathroom were um, if we didn't have a tub. Right. If we just had a shower. There's some work that needs because be- I have a little bit of difficulty getting in and out of a tub. Yeah. With my orthopedic issues. So. Right. Bathroom seats work really good, too. Yeah. We need to find a a plumbing sponsor for. uh, Yeah. Yeah. Oh, good idea. Right. We're going to be on. We're going to be on. We're going to be on it. Mm -hmm. Um, But what are some. I know you've got uh, at least one uh, interesting future project you're working on where you kind of take a a book that you wrote quite a while ago and you're possibly turning that into a film or a TV project or something, right? Yeah. uh, Over 25 years ago, I was bedridden in a wheelchair for a year. Mm. uh, And uh, it was kind of boring uh, to say the least. And so what I did to entertain myself was I wrote a uh, romance novel by candlelight, actually, because even overhead lights bothered me at the time. And uh, after I got better, I put it away on the shelf and didn't really think about it for the last umpteen years. But our director and producer, Floyd Strayer, who is absolutely wonderful, he read the book and fell in love with it. And uh, so we're also going to be producing the, we believe it'll be a movie. Uh, Mm -hmm. It could also be just a a limited series. Uh, And that our working title on that is called Struck by Lightning. And it's a, a very fun, very romantic uh, uh, comedy. 
So I think something, one thing that has never changed is I didn't realize even way back then in the book, there is this little redheaded woman uh, who is a receptionist in a radio uh, station. I used to work in radio and uh, she becomes a stand-up comedian. Mm -hmm. Oh, wow. And that, this is like 25 years ago. I was writing mm -hmm. about this little redhead that worked in a radio station becoming a stand-up comedian. And I'd never even seen a stand-up comedian in person. Mm -hmm. You know, I'd never been to stand-up comedy until. Yeah. So it's kind of like spooky at the same time for me. Good yeah. manifesting. Little bit. Yeah. yeah um, destiny. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's kind of in a strange way. And, so are you going to play the receptionist? Like a, <laughs> no, like the, I've got to play my uh, younger redhead than me. Kind of like the <laughs> principles of a vision board. Yeah, you have to be. Character revision happens all the time. Principles of what? <laughs> of like yeah. a vision board where you yeah. put, you know, post things you wait on, on like, like a poster how you want it to be. And then you, you know. Uh, I, I had a creepy thing happen that too years ago. Oh, oh yeah. because because one of our friends said, oh, you need to go out and take pictures of everything that you want when you grow up, you know. And mm -hmm. we went out and uh, took pictures of, oh, this would be a fun place to live. And this would be a nice uh, cat to have. And, and just different, just random pictures. And we put them in a, a notebook. Mm -hmm. And I found the notebook 10 years later, mm -hmm. uh, stuffed away in the closet. And we had taken a picture of a building that would be nice to live in. Not only that, not only were we living in that building, but we were living in the exact unit that the the, mm -hmm. the uh, windows were in. Wow. Yeah. Cool. Ten years before and completely forgotten about. And uh, we'd taken a picture of a ceramic cat that was orange. And, and we had an orange real cat instead of the cool. ceramic. I mean, it's just the whole thing was just like, oh, my God. Yeah. That exact spot on earth, it was where we ended up. So wow. be careful when you're doing your vision boards. Don't put in things in there that you don't want because they might really come right. true. Well, apparently you did want them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I, I was lucky. That may be the cat. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think Phillips is thrilled to have cats is, um, you know. But then he grew up allergic to cats and I found out he could have Siamese. So we have a, a snowshoe Siamese and a... Um, uh, and a, a Lynx Siamese. Yeah. Oh, wonderful. Yeah. Well, you know, the story of the cats is um, in the show, we're called the Smartleys. Well, that's because uh, I used to have a stalker. And so when I became a stand-up comedian, I couldn't use my real name. Mm -hmm. uh, I was still going very much undercover. You won't find anything very much of me or my personal life for like a long time on the internet because I was under the gun of, of the stalker. And so when I became a stand-up comedian, I needed a stage name. And so I turned to my stray cat and I stole my name from him. And his name was Dr. Elliot Smartly. <laughs> he was so smart. And so the, uh, the show is the namesake of my stray cat. And he uh, you'll see him in the very first opening show of the Smartleys. And in a lot of the background scenes, you'll see him, Sitting there licking his butt. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, because yeah. that's exactly yeah, perfect for the show. Right. One of those mesmerizing <laughs> things you see when you watch it on Not TV. To mention, every time you try to take a cat's picture, if it notices, 
Yeah. <laughs> that's what it does. Well, yeah, and, and one of the things is that's one of the reasons that you miss a lot of jokes when you're watching the show is because you know you're staring at a cat. You're staring at the cat, the the cat, the cat yeah. or the stalker or the little kittens. Yeah, right. or or the yeah. seals, and and yeah, the meanwhile the show's going on, right? Oh on. yeah, I love the intro with the seals. Yeah, they're in they're in some of the segments too. Oh okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah you'll see them. Yeah, you miss you do miss stuff. Yeah, yeah. I agree, with Aaron. It's in the night it before. Might been, it might have been after the second episode. The, the nice thing is that you can go back and listen to it over and over and you, yeah. and you can uh, hit the pause button when you need to. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I figured that's why God created the pause button. That's right. uh, and, and one of the reasons that, that it does move so quickly is because we don't have any laugh track mm -hmm. as well. Uh, we were just a little do do do. Just a little do 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 at the end of a scene, yeah. Uh huh. And if you can't get your laugh in there, you're gonna have to hit the pause button. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's gonna rain. Oh. And or snow. Well, Shelly, it's been a great hour. We really enjoyed it. I knew we would after looking at all your stuff. I knew it was going to be a fun time. Mm -hmm. um, do you, is there anything you want to uh, promote? Any websites or upcoming? Uh, yes, uh, people should follow the Smartleys at just go to our website, thesmartleys.com, S-M-A-R-T-L-Y-S, uh, uh, and it's always a the in front of it. Um, look us up on Tubi, just look for the Smartleys or on Plex TV. But if you just go to our website, thesmartleys.com, it has a link to all of the different TV platforms that we're on for free. We're streaming worldwide for free. Uh, and it also has a link to all of the podcasts. And our podcasts also not only have all the eight episodes of the shows uh, so far, but behind the scenes interviews with our actors as well. Awesome. So you can get to know all of them while you're waiting for season two. Excellent. Mm -hmm. All right. All right. Very cool. The smartlys.com, S M A R T L Y S. Yes. You got that. Thank you so much for repeating it too. Well, we're over 50. And please like us on social media and, you know, yeah. uh, the word, we need all the help. We're, we're an indie show. So it, it's yes. uh, not easy being in the indie comedy series. Right. Well, we appreciate you coming on a very, very uh, High Cincinnati podcast. Professionally produced <laughs> podcast. Uh, <laughs> all it's right. Honor and a pleasure. I'm so excited to meet you. It's nice to meet you, Sean. It's been a lot of fun. Oh, you that way. You have a good night. Uh, thank you very much. Take care. We have social. Twitter. Yeah. Uh-huh. Pod. Instagram. Yeah. Uh-huh. Pod. Facebook. Yeah. Uh-huh. Pod. Website. www.yeah-uh-huh.com. So let us know. Hit us back. Have a great week. Hey.